I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is good. I'm just that sad. Is sad. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is Dick Lee bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha Packs, exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. Here we go. Uh, Pony, you want to do the intro? You no, man. I, I like you to handle the intros. Just oh, do man. it. All right. All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm excited for all of our guests, but uh, just looking at, at uh, this man's eyes, just gleaming with uh, joy and passion and, and what he brings uh, every time I see him in the gloom. Uh, also, um, I first saw this guy on, on YouTube doing some sort of like push-up challenge or i think he had, had his own channel so really almost like a, a local celebrity of sorts um but also uh just a man who brings a ton of energy ton of passion i can't wait to get to the story about about uh, the ao that he started and the the genesis of that uh, but man um and tons of good conversations just on runs and in the gloom and so unicycle uh, trying to do the motion there as I say your name, but good to see you, man. Um, where we'd like to start is just uh, who EH'd you, what was the first workout like, and then how did we land on the name Unicycle? That's great. Well, first, guys, thanks for the opportunity here. This is just great. I do actually have been a long-time listener. Um, I'm a research guy, so I like to just go and figure out context. So I've listened to a lot of these podcasts. So hopefully this one maybe stacks up. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, from what I understand, you guys do amazing editing. So, um, yeah, so I've, uh, my first workout, um, was at Dragon's Lair. It was July 10th and on the key was boiling point. And, uh, so here's the kind of the, the backstory of that. So I was EH'd by, um, Blades of Glory. Um, he's been a friend of mine. We've been friends for, I don't know, 10, 12 years, something like that. I lose count, but, uh, he actually uh, reached out to me the day before. So I, I actually, he sent me a text. And so we actually had lost touch for a period of time. Um, and so then he, he reached out kind of randomly via text. And it's really funny because I'd actually been looking for, you mentioned YouTube earlier. There's this account I used to follow called um, Bar Gods or something like that. And it was just these dudes that were in Brooklyn, these urban areas doing these workouts. And they're at these playgrounds doing these, this bar work. And these, these guys are just, I mean, ripped to no end. And I'm like, I wonder if there's a place around like that, you know? And so I had actually driven my family around <laughs> looking for spots to work out. So anyway, Blade sends me this text and he includes the link to the site. And I'm like, dude, this is exactly what I've been looking for. And I cannot believe this exists. And I was pissed because I'm like, how did I not hear about this? And so, and the reason why is I'm not, I'm not on Twitter. So <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we show up boiling point is on the queue. And, um, I really don't remember the workout too much, but I do know at the very end we did, uh, at that time was called hammers. I had no idea what they were, but I promise you, I felt okay for the workout. But once we got to that last movement, I was like about to what I now know is spill Merlot. And so it was really difficult. And so that's the, that's the story. Yeah. Well, how did we name on uh, unicycle then? So obviously you, you survive the hammers and you get thrown into the circle. Uh, how did we land on unicycle? Okay. So uh, unicycle became a thing because I actually rode my unicycle from my house to the workout. So the guys were not very creative that day. And they're just like, unicycle. Well, when you show up with a prop, it makes it kind of easy. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Sure. Well, That's uh, I guess, you know, first impressions from the workout, from the group, I guess, what did you take away from that, that first day? Yeah, I, I, um, I just thought to myself, this is a, a, a group of elite dudes because of the things that we were doing or movements I've never done before. Um, I, you know, as far as my history with, you know, athleticism and being a, you know, a guy with this physical prowess is just not non-existent. Um, 
so I, I didn't know what to expect. I just wanted to be get in a position where I could, you know, do some of the stuff I saw on YouTube. And so these guys are doing this crazy stuff. And I thought, Oh, I hope I can keep up. But actually at the end of the workout, I'm like, that's cool. I checked my bucket list. I can, I'll see you guys next week. And they're like, Oh, we'll be out someplace else tomorrow. I'm like, wait, what, what you're going to, you're going to do this again tomorrow. So it was just a, a mind blowing experience to, to see these guys and their enthusiasm to get out and do it the very next day. Well, and, you know, I was on a similar journey of trying to be the most stacked or jacked I could be. So I, I hear you. I don't know if I've gotten the results and I don't know if, if you have good for you. Um, I guess uh, overall the workout though, I mean, you felt like you could come in, you could do it. Was it too demanding, good enough? Were we encouraging guys to kind of, you know, get through what they could get through? Were we doing a good job there? Or what was your experience? Yeah, the workout was absolutely difficult. And like I said, at the end, I felt okay throughout. I wasn't able to do all the reps that everyone else was doing. But um, by the end, I was ready to, I was ready to vomit. Literally was just spent, done, you know, put a fork in me, I'm done. What, like, what kind of, um, what kind of muscles or skills does one need to, to ride a unicycle? I guess where is what I'm stuck on. Like, how did you get into unicycling? And is that like oh, yeah. core work or balance or like, that seems like that requires some level of fitness. Yeah, I guess it's, it's, it does require some fitness, but once you get into it, it's, if you can be as relaxed as possible, that's actually how you are able to propel yourself and like go, you know, a certain amount of distance. But I got into unicycling randomly. I feel like my life is a lot of random, random stuff that's gone on. But so my friend of mine, um, he actually talked to me about uh, casually, we're having this conversation. So his backstory is that he's a professional trampoline performer, you know, like in the Olympics, they, they do that kind of stuff. He does that. Um, he's an aerialist, which means the fabric that they hang from the ceilings. He does that. So anyway, I, I known this about him, but, uh, over the winter, two years ago, we were just sitting chatting and he mentioned casually that he rides a unicycle and, and, uh, I'm like, whoa, whoa, what you, you ride a unicycle. He's like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, I've got it in my garage. I said, you have, you have a unicycle in your possession right now. I've never seen one except for the circus. And I've not ever, you know what I'm saying? It's like an obscure thing. So anyway, he goes and gets this unicycle out of his garage and uh, the tire's flat. He hadn't ridden in a while. And he uh, said, you should try it out. Take it home. He showed me a couple of things. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm at that point. I was in my forties. I'm like, I've, I've checked all my boxes. I don't need to add a new skill at this point in my life. <laughs> but I took it home. And uh, so I tried it a couple of times at my house, just kind of figuring out, got on YouTube and that next spring, um, once it warmed up, I, I got out on it and I just got hooked. It's probably the most addicting thing I've ever done in my life. So now are we, are you like a trickster or is this just purely for a leisurely stroll or? No, it's, it's, it's gotten to be a thing to where it's gotten to be long distance. So I'll get on a, a unicycle and I've actually started from being able to go from like just a parking stall to my longest uh, trip. It's not nonstop. My longest trip was from Valparaiso to Brainerd. So it's 13 miles. Um, my longest nonstop oh. trip was around Zarinsky. So seven miles. So long distance unicycling is kind of my thing at that time. And are you sorry to, to hone in on this unicycling? It's just fascinating, but are you, is there like a Guinness, what's the, what would be the, the record for longest nonstop unicycling? Oh, there's guys who go have gone around the world. Really? Yeah. That's fast. So, I mean, you get on a ship and all this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, there's guys that have just, there's a whole sub community. If you can, if you can imagine, you can find anything on YouTube, but there's dudes who are just like, they go country to country and they've, yeah, there's a couple of guys that I follow. Um, there's the, documentaries the, that have been the done. The Guinness world record for the longest unicycle journey was set in 2002, which covered 9,125 miles See? by crossing the U S twice. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so what I've done is pales a comparison of what some, some people have done. So you're in yeah. training then. That's, that's, that's yeah, fine. I'm in, I'm in training. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about, um, cause you, you have your, you have a YouTube channel and, and you, you did like a push up challenge or something, right? Or am I, I don't know. Yeah. That was the, uh, 22 push up challenge, right? Where you, 
And it actually was an, an honor of the servicemen who, who lost their lives. I think 22 a day take their lives due to, you know, PTSD and complications therein. So that was the challenge that I um, was involved in. I, I don't remember who even asked me to do that, but you're supposed to post that. So that's probably what you saw on my, my YouTube channel. Yeah. I, yeah. There you go. Cause you've got, you're doing pushups with family members and kids yeah. and yeah. And then you yeah. got all 22 days on here. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as a creator, if there's anything that we could be doing on the podcast that just needs to be upped a little bit, feel free to let us know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate the authenticity that you guys bring. You can't, you can't teach somebody that. So it's just cool to hear these different discussions with all the, the guys in the past. It's just amazing just to get to know these guys. So I love the format. This is great. You guys are doing a great job. Tell me about, about running. Cause that's, you know, I, I used to be able to run next to you and now normally I'm just in, like eating your dust now. So, so what's your, I mean, have you, were you a runner before F3 or is that something that F3 has sort of helped, helped you accelerate in? Yeah. So I am not a runner. Um, and I still, I'm shocked that people think I am, but, um, I started my running career during my stint at F3. So the story there goes, I um, had been a part of, you know, after July 10th, 2021, that October, I was invited by some, some members that, that I work with to do the market to market run. And I thought at that point, I'm a part of F3. I got this, you know, like just show up and do it. But no, actually I did 11 miles. So I did two legs during that, that market to market deal. And I could barely walk at the end. I mean, it was just terrible. Um, so I was asking my, my buddy who now is actually part of F3, his name is Paysetter. Um, he, uh, I EH'd him by the way. Uh, so he encouraged me, he and his wife, I ran with them. They encouraged me to just, you got to get your reps and you just got to do it. And I thought, well, maybe what I can do is parlay F3. And, and I, I guess there's guys who run before F3 starts. And I always made fun of them thinking they're psycho people. They're elite dudes that, you know, and so. But once I started pre-running, I've just never turned back. That's my, that's my thing. So just the, the consistency and um, that's something I love. I've just really run and thrown on me. Love it. Well, and then have, have you done market to market again since? Yeah, I did it last year um, or last October. And yeah, it was last year. And uh, my goal was to just go in and just PR everything. And so I was able to do that. Got 13 miles in and PR 5K. I PR every, every one of my little deals so well, that's that's awesome you know yeah. and we've said this many times but the pre-run is just like the equalizer right i mean if you start accelerating in the workouts then we encourage people to do the pre-runs and then you know it's from a fitness perspective but then you start picking up on well now i can run and talk at the same time and now i'm yeah. getting a lot more conversation with some guys that you know just during the course of a normal beat down you may not get to do or a, a quick co team just may not get that level of vulnerability or able to communicate yeah um you know, I am curious, before this, this podcast started, we were talking, you do travel for work, you're in Cincinnati right now, and you kind of travel between Omaha and Cincinnati, and I was like, well, have you have you posted downrange, like there in Cincinnati? You're like, yeah, I'm actually on the queue tomorrow, which yeah. I just think is, is awesome that you've kind of not only taken it here and, and accelerated here, but are willing to do the same in, in another location. I guess, kind of talk to us about that, how'd that come up, what's, what's the vibe like in Cincinnati? I mean... We don't, we don't all yeah. go down ranking. So some insight there would be cool. Yeah. It's a growing, um, it's a growing group down here. Um, I think they've actually turned on three or four sites since in the last few months. And so they're starting to start fish like crazy, but yeah, the vibe here is great. Um, but I would say, and just to underscore what we have going on in Omaha is, is 100% abnormal. So whenever you go to post in any other state, it's just, it's a different vibe which makes me excited to come back home, <laughs> but be that as it, be that as it may, it's nice to be able to go to another city and then experience um, similar, um, just a similar vibe that, you know, what F3 is in another city. It's just great. But yeah, so I'm on the queue tomorrow. Um, I don't want to give away what it is just in case somebody gets, gets a win, but yeah, we're, we're just going to run a little bit. Um, and so it should be, should be a good time. Well, there's a good that, crew out here. I've had a chance to connect with um, quite a few guys out here and um, they've got good, just a good core core group of people. And so they're just starting to stretch out now. That's awesome. And I, I have not personally done it myself, but I've talked to people like yourself that have posted down range and they just have nothing but good things to say and encourage yeah. people to go do it. So I, I'm appreciative of that, that you're actually doing that. 
they're obviously a, a good uh, mouthpiece for F3 Omaha. So we appreciate, appreciate that too. Sure. I guess, you know, you kind of briefly touched on that. You're, you're, you're happy to come back because of the things that we provide here in Omaha. Maybe touch on that. What's, what's different. I mean, obviously they're all going after the same thing, right. To reinvigorate male community leadership, but what are some things that we do well here? What's different about this location to, to the next? Yeah, I, I will say we are very well led in Omaha. Um, our teams from Tater Tot, wait time on down, you guys. It's just it's just cool to connect with leaders. I think when I first started F3, um, my goal was just to go at least once a week, you know. And so what's really changed my viewpoint of that is how we, we operate in Omaha. It's just such an inviting atmosphere. And I never have felt physically inferior to anybody. And I've grown to learn that's not even about that. Um, but I'm actually achieving stuff physically that I've never dreamed of. Um, but I would say the relationships are have been really important to me. And I feel like the leadership, the amount of just the inviting atmosphere that we provide, it's just a, it's just a good mixture of things that just make Omaha a little bit different from the places I've gone. I've posted in a few different states and I'd say, man, it's just nice to come home. So we're just, I feel like we're just doing a great job out here. You, you feel like, you know, as you think about the second F and fellowship, I mean, is that something you feel like has been there since you started? I mean, was, how easy was it for you to build new relationships with guys in the group when you joined? Yeah, I'd say that's been a, a, a really important thing for me, but I'll, I'll give credit to Blades. Um, he actually was the first guy that invited me into a level of vulner, vulnerability with a group of dudes. He actually emailed, I don't know, eight of us years and years ago and just kind of told his story and invited us into community where he could just share because he was going through some difficult things at the time. And so that was my first time stepping into an atmosphere where there are other dudes and we're just being vulnerable. And it was just a small group um, of us. Um, there was no workout included. We just got around the table and coffee and just talked. And so I've grown since, you know, years ago, feeling very comfortable in with groups of men. And I've been able to achieve things, um, walk out of addiction. Um, there's been a lot of benefits that I've, that I've actually uh, gained from being in groups of, of dudes. So once I got to F3, um, I felt like that rhythm had already been established, but the physical part of it was completely different for me. So I've never done that before, but I do know, I'll say this, I'm at my best when I'm with other dudes, when I'm in community, I'm at my worst when I'm in isolation mode or when I'm by myself. And so um, F3 has definitely been a continuation of that with the added physical part of it as well. So Man, I, I love that. And I, I'm curious if you would be willing to elaborate a little bit more on the um, just sort of like the, the brotherhood or the, the accountability that, that you find from being around a, a group of, of other men. Um, I don't know. Okay. Is anything you could share on that? Yeah. Um, I think whenever, whenever uh, joining F3 um, and then growing into just different opportunities, there's just these different levels of, an opportunity to step in a little bit deeper. And so when it comes to like leading a workout for the first time, that's a step into the waters or leadership, other opportunities like being a site queue has been another step into that. But I would say another step that I've taken and which is relatively new is being a part of a, um, of a shield lock has been a, another step into the waters. And I think the guys in the shield lock um, have been just given us an opportunity just to be together in a smaller environment where we're asking each other questions accountability wise um, outside of F3. How are we doing with our families? What are we doing from a commitment standpoint on our goals, whether it be getting into reading our reading scripture or um, investing time with our families or achieving things um, in the, the business world. Um, it's just been a good each step has been just a, a, a deeper step into the waters to um, deepen a relationship. So, but I'd say being a part of the shield lock has probably been the, probably the most beneficial part of, of F3 so far, as far as the relationship standpoint goes. Yeah. I, hey, I'm, cause I've had a similar experience where I've been in men's groups before, but then there's like this different feel with like within a shield lock within F3. I mean, 
is it just the fact that we're doing something physically difficult and challenging together and then adding on to that or what's been your experience like what or, or has your experience been different between just like a men's group meeting for coffee or bible study versus like an f3 shield lock are you able to go deeper you feel like with one group or the other yeah i mean they serve a little bit different purpose um if you compare the two so so i've been a part of recovery groups for a number of years in different shapes and forms and so you're there for a specific topic it's around recovery and so you you go to a certain extent with with the shield lock um it's been nice to talk about other stuff besides recovery type topics um but i would say this i think the guys pull nothing back when we work out together i'm like upset at the end like guys what are we trying to prove here <laughs> this is really hard whatever you know crab cakes or speed square or, uh, miyagi put together it's just like dude it's like why why are we doing this but i'd say because i'm so spent at the end then that just affords another opportunity to just engage differently and so we're also reading a book together. We're going through um, Jocko Willink's Leadership Tactics book. So it's been cool to kind of work through that together. So we go beat the crap out of each other. And then we engage with the book. That's what we've been doing. So um, just though that combination uh, has just been a, been a cool a cool mixture. Well, I, I think there's something a little bit disarming about going and struggling, right, for a period of time. And then... Yes. If you're spent mentally, physically, it's harder to think about, okay, I need to continue to project myself in this way. And I think it's just a natural disarming uh, element to what we provide. Um, and, I, and I love what you said. And then there's a couple of things you said early on that I, I wanted to circle back on. So you, you talked about how you're at your worst when you're in isolation, but then you also talked about when you were looking for something, you were incorporating your family, like, hey, let's go together. I want to go find a place that, that dad can go work out at, I guess. Have they continued to be with you along this journey? What have the impacts been on that front? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, so my family's really, really important to me. Um, and really, post-COVID, there's just, COVID really exposed a whole lot of maybe gaps in that, um, just because I'm a pretty high-capacity guy, or I like to think I am. So I, I dive in deeply to a number of different things, which has impacted my connection with my family. So I would say, you know, post COVID, there's just been a lot of stuff highlighted, which has, you know, really made family time important. So, so for me, when it comes to the, the F3 thing, there's always this, this laser focus approach I take to things. And so I can kind of overdo it. <laughs> so either if I'm mentally preparing for a workout or I'm thinking about what I had just done that morning, you know, sometimes my wife has to pull me back and go, Hey, come on back. You know, like, let's, you look tired. You need to, so for me, it's been this challenge to not only just give my all out in the gloom, but to like bring the energy when I get home. And so, um, so yeah, we, we, I've had a chance to bring out my, my youngest daughter to a couple workouts, 2.0 workouts. So she'd had a good time. Um, in fact, it's the coolest thing. She saw some, you know, we're driving around and she just sees some random guy with the shirt off running. He goes, Hey dad, is that an F3 dude? And so she's eight years old, and I think that's her. She just thinks any guy she sees that's out running is an F3 guy. So to me, I just think that's kind of this cool uh, example that we set. Um, that's just what she thinks. Guys that are getting it done are all F3 dudes is what she thinks. Well, that's great. And that, that means she thinks that of you, right? Right. She Hope thinks, so. hey, my dad's yeah. this, this guy that goes out and works out with these guys, and he goes out for runs. And that's just – that's great to emulate that, right? Yeah. I mean, that for – for her to have something to look toward to say, hey, this is the example that my dad's leading and um, maybe I should be doing these things too, right? I mean, I know F3 is um, exclusive or open to all men, but I mean, the fact that you brought her the 2.0, did she get a name? Yeah, she's Earhart. Nice. Yeah, Earhart. <laughs> Amelia is her, is, her, is her given name. And actually, her she was born on Amelia Earhart's birthday. We had no idea. Man. But yeah, she desires to be a pilot when she gets older. And so there's just so many different connections, but her, her name is Earhart. So unicycle was a given I'm doing it to the fact that you brought a prop, but I mean, Earhart just goes so good with her and her story. So that, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, you know, it's funny. I had one time we were having some friends over for dinner. It was not an F3 guy. And I was telling my wife, like, I'm, I'm going to try to EH him or get him to join F3. And so then they come over and my daughter who's seven, 
is like, you know, she basically was trying to EH him for me. So it's funny to just hear how the kids uh, picture everything. Um, you've mentioned it a couple of times and, and, you know, certainly um, don't want to pry, but, you know, I think there's a ton of value in guys hearing a story that they can relate to. So curious if, you know, would anything you'd be willing to share about your, your journey with addiction and recovery that, that other yeah. guys would be able to learn from? Yeah. Happy to share. Yeah. So I will have been married 23 years coming up in July um, on the 15th. It's my anniversary. And um, so my story regarding addiction started very young. So I actually was exposed to pornography when I was six years old. Um, just happened upon it. I think my I think my dad had a video or something like that that I happened upon. My parents actually divorced when I was four. So I was actually staying with him at the time. So for me, um, that had been a thing that has been always a part of my life um, up until, you know, recent years and being in groups and whatnot where I've gotten a handle and gotten exposed to that stuff and being vulnerable. Um, but that seed that had been planted in me as a kid was never really addressed. So I actually grew up in church, loved Church has been just a great experience for me on a number of different levels and just the different relationships and things that I've experienced there. But there wasn't an environment where I felt comfortable talking about some of that stuff. Um, and it's not the church's fault. It's just that environmentally, I'd say, it's just not a thing that ever came up or I shied away from it. And so the isolation thing started very, very young. Um, and that habit that I had formed and just not sharing everything that I am and stuff I'm struggling with. And so really by the time I got married, um, that still was a part of my life. Um, really struggled on my own. No one knew. Um, it's not something I was comfortable talking about and bringing up even to, to guy friends of mine. Um, not something I ever shared. Um, and so then it just began to fester. So in my marriage, I actually experienced an affair. Um, I'd been married seven years at the time. And so the only way I could stop that relationship that I had started was to, for the very first time, confess. So I just told my wife the whole deal. Absolutely destroyed her. Highly not recommend doing it that way because it's important to, to reveal that kind of information in, in the context of a counseling kind of relationship potentially. And I've learned a whole lot of what not to do um, over the years. But she chose to, um, by the grace of God, she chose to, to continue to stay married to me. Um, she had every right to, to end that relationship, but she didn't. And so for me, it just kind of began this um, long road and process of learning what it meant to not only be honest in that area, but actually to continue that as a lifestyle. But I would tell you, it really never took, took shape until I met uh, Blades. Um, he's the first guy that I'd ever met who took the first step to just talk about the stuff that he struggled with. And so he was the, his invitation literally was the, the doorway for me to step into a whole new um, arena of what vulnerability and freedom looks like in regard to addiction recovery. So from that point, it's just been a thing that I've, you know, locked into. So there I've started groups um, at churches that I've been a part of, invited lots and lots of guys. We've been through different materials. Um, I've led those groups um, and gotten to a place in sobriety and, and being able to experience freedom like I never had before, but it just came in the context of being vulnerable. So that's kind of in a nutshell my story. And so I'd say if there's any guys that are struggling with that kind of stuff, it's I just invite them to get open um, as, as quick as possible and, and start that recovery process. It's really hard. It's the hardest thing I've ever done by, by any means, but it's brought the most reward. I would say my wife at this point in time, our relationship is restored. Um, I If I could go back and do it all over again, I wouldn't do half the stuff and choose the things that I've chosen in the past. But I would say this, I think it's made me stronger and our relationship stronger because we've actually grown through it. Um, I feel it's easier to be seen and just talk about this stuff. It's not something that I hide anymore, um, which is awesome. And so I just say, you know, to any guy that are they're going through that, it's just, a, just an opportunity to get, to get open. Really, when you talk about addiction, it's always around drugs and alcohol primarily, but for some reason, when it comes to our sexuality, this is a taboo topic that nobody feels comfortable talking about, but yet millions and millions of, of guys are experiencing difficulty in this area. But, um, and it's the hardest thing I'd say to kick um, in most cases, because there's no substance involved typically um, that you can just either not consume or imbibe. It's like your own physicality, which is really difficult. So it's a hard road, but it's worth it. 
it's worth facing the pain, addressing the root issues and why you do what you do, and then um, experience recovery. So, Man, a lot to digest there, but some really awesome things. And one thing that stuck out to me, right, you're, you're involved in the church and, you know, you're talking about the struggles of, of like confessing sin, right, in, in yeah. some regards. And for some guys, it's not sin. It's just a struggle or it's just an issue that they're dealing with. And what you're hitting on is even in the most supposed to be the most forgiving environments, it can be difficult because there's a lot of shame that's tied to whatever those struggles are, right? As men, we're supposed to be doing the right things and not having struggles, right? As a leader of a household, you feel that way. There's some shame that comes with that. Um, and then just thinking that you're in, in an environment where you can share, but then having those limitations it can be frustrating. Um, I'm, I'm, encouraged that you you found help and found a place where you can be vulnerable i guess my question to you would be do we foster that environment here at f3 have you found like you're able to explore you know your life and your struggles um here at f3 yeah i think the environment is there but it's upon every member of f3 to step into that kind of level of relationship you know i think now there's all kinds of materials available. There's help available. Um, I would say 10, 12 years ago, that just wasn't the case. Um, there wasn't all these tops and podcasts and things available and groups and whatnot. But I'd say now the environment's ripe, especially in F3 to get open. And so when you, when you expend as much energy as we expend, as we burn as many calories as we burn, it's a great, it's a great point to like stop and ask some questions. Cafeteria is great. I've had some opportunity just to talk with guys and invariably serendipitously, we just get on this kind of topic for whatever reason. And so now I have to step in and just share my story, like in a nutshell with some different dudes. So I've had some good conversations with guys. And so really cafeteria affords that opportunity. Free runs afford that opportunity. Um, this small group, uh, mentality that we have is really, really important um, for guys to be in a place where they feel like they can just be who they are and tell their story and be honest. Um, I think I three to four that opportunity big time. Man, I, <clears throat> I was uh, sort of choking up uh, and I just have to tell you, I, I love you and I appreciate you. And just, um, you know, it's funny. We talked to blades uh, yesterday and I, and like, I can, I can see the impact he's had on you and the impact you've had on him and just, um, and it's about this vulnerability piece. And, and I love the way you said that is, is it's on each of us to get, get there. Like we've, we've got to identify the things that we're struggling with and then we've got to decide we're going to bring it up and, and maybe it'll be awkward. Um, maybe like the guy won't that we're talking to won't have dealt with the same thing, but I kid you not. I mean, every single time, um, we hear these stories like on the other end, you know, and so like every single time it's, I told somebody I was met with love and acceptance and, and that's how I overcame, you know? So I just, so I just hearing you share that, I hope, you know, somebody that is listening, if they are dealing with that or have dealt with that, that they would just have the courage to reach out and know yeah. it's a safe place. Cause, um, man, I, I just, I hear my story and your story, the fact that it impacted your marriage, uh, that you stayed together. I know there are things that God did in my marriage, you know, in a matter of, you know, a couple of years that we would still be struggling with today sure. had, it, had it not been chimerical. So anyway, brother, I just want to tell you, thank you so much for sharing that. And, and I do think it's a perfect um, sort of segue into the third F, into the, the faith piece. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, I think also connects to the faith piece is, is some of your vision for the, the dune. Um, so just, but to start with your kind of your personal journey from a faith perspective and maybe how the, how everything played together there. Yeah. So my relationship with Jesus is so important. Um, but I would say people, I think when they hear, hear sometimes Christians talk or whatever, it's, I don't know, everyone has their different experience, but mine has been. I have felt like completely pursued by the Lord. I don't know how else to say it. Um, through like failure and sin and not having a good understanding of what, what all that meant, I have felt absolutely pursued by him. And so I've tried to run and I've tried to 
do things in my own way, but in every case I'm met with, with his presence. And so that has been the thing that's really kept me together over the years. And I think it's kept my marriage together. I know that it has. And so it's, it's a really central, it's central to who I am. Um, so the, the third F is really, really important to me, specifically the area of faith. And we, you know, we don't, what I love about F3 is that it's not about ascribing to, you know, a specific belief system, but I would say for me, it's just an opportunity just to be who I am. And part of who I am is just expressing in so many words, my relationship with the Lord. And so whether it's COTs or different opportunities like that, it's just, if I can talk about that, if guys, if I get closer than my, that's what I share. It's just part of where I'm at. So I don't know if that answered your question. No, it's perfect. I was thinking about, uh, you know, Jonah still ended up in, in Nineveh, right? Uh, <laughs> even when yeah. he tried to go his own way. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think, yeah it's cool. I, I am curious, too, when you think about, um, you know, the, the faith piece uh, and then connecting that to leadership and just sort of how you lead, right? I see you lead with with so much passion and um hopefully you're okay with this, but I don't know if you remember sending me this, but I got to share this with people. So I get, I get this email. There's a few guys on it, but it's back in, in May of 2022. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's actually to Tenderfoot, but this is from, from Unicycle. And he's like, Hey, I, you know, getting ready to start a new site launches on Wednesday, June 28th. Uh, site's name is the Dune. Um, you know, as I drove around, uh, the area last night, topographically, the name is perfect. It even backs up to a street called Camelback Ave. Uh, and then you go on, uh, to, to say, according to my faith tradition, uh, the, the dune is like a desert or the wilderness and represents a place of isolation, testing and trial. Uh, after his baptism, Jesus was, was led by the Holy spirit into the wilderness where he experienced a test, uh, through temptation for 40 days. He perfectly endured came out hardened and was in position to launch his public ministry. This connects to the PACs because they are tested physically for about 40-ish minutes uh, for the ultimate purpose of sharing what we've gained together. It's the reinvigoration of male community leadership. Man, I have, I've never had oh, it. I have chills. I yeah. I've been, I mean, oh, so the fact that, I mean, that was your vision for the site, you know, so just, oh. I don't know, talk to us about that, about launching the site and what went into that. Cause clearly this was really meaningful for you. Oh man. I forgot that I sent that. I think I put that together cause I thought you're supposed to like, I've the stuff that, that, that we're, that we're doing, even the invitation to, to be a site queue. I'm like, I don't think I've let a workout maybe five or six times. Am I the guy? Like what? So I like, <laughs> I think I might've overprepared, <laughs> but it's cool. It's resonating with you. Cause it really means a lot to me. Like I, that was my heart right there. What you just read um, about that site. And even, even being involved in leadership or launching that site, it really like day over day, week over week, it's really not about me, but it's about the guys that show up. And so, um, if anything, um, every guy that's cued and the dudes that showed up through the cold and the wind and the amazing sunrises that we have there, it's just like been a, a deeper picture of what you just read. It's like, man, we're out here. Our VQs, if you ever come to VQ at the dune, they suck. <laughs> like, we get tested. I mean, they're, and ask anybody ask anyone i would tell you right now um bob ross's vq was insane absolutely insane what we're getting tested physically but for me my takeaway is like i'm gonna do that but the the purpose of all of that is to then take that home take it home and pour that same energy into family time and so i'm growing in that area i'm not perfect by any means but that's it so our our our, the purpose of F3 is not to just get gains physically, but it's really to make an impact in our communities. And so that's what, that's the point yeah. right there. So I've, in so many words, I feel like that's Man. kind of the, the heart. Yeah. I love that. Um, I just love the, the, the thought behind it. Hey, like we're going to be challenged for 40 minutes, just like he was challenged for 40 days and, and the VQs. And I'm, when you say suck, I'm assuming that you just mean they are just incredibly difficult. Dude, they sucked. In the ketchup, talk to ketchup when he says that's right. I'm on a suck. <laughs> that's that's it's awesome. Like, and and again, they're that's, hard. 
And that's Whether part of F3, right? Like, I think yeah. if you read Free to Lead, with the workouts, they say, make them hard and people will show up. Oh, man. It's, um, Plague and I talk about that often, about, you know, am I doing too many games at my queue or, or whatever? Just make them hard, right? It doesn't have to be simple. Challenge, guys, because you're right. Take it home. I guess, you know, successorship is another part of, of being a site queue, right? I mean, you get to lead. You have the opportunity to lead for a period of time. But then the goal is to give it away and promote new leadership. And so talk to us about that, um, you know, with peg leg taking over at some point. Also, is it just coincidence or do you have to have like a, a Una in your name, unicycle, peg leg, walk, walk us through that? I've never put that together. That's cool. Peg leg, you know, one leg. Interesting. I have to think about that. But yeah, that was totally accidental. Um, but yeah, the um, peg leg. I'd actually talked to two other guys about um, thinking about um, becoming the next uh, site queue at, at the dune and peg leg. We were out on a pre-run. I actually, I actually uh, asked him to come pre-run with me. He's oh man, I maybe go two miles. I'm like, come on, man. We, we do a 5k. Just, you got this. Doesn't, don't worry about the time. <laughs> so we're just, it's cool. We had some conversations and um, the next week he, he said, all right, well, I think I want to do this, but here's why. And he said, his son, he was sharing with him. His son said, dad, you've got to do it. You know what I mean? Like his, to me, that's like a generational legacy type of thing. And if anything, you know, us as, as dudes, that's what we're gunning for is legacy. And so to me, it just, it just felt, it felt right. It was like, holy smokes. Not only is this his neighborhood, but his son, I can imagine the 2.0 workouts that'll happen as a result of, of uh, Pegleg taking over or whatever he chooses to do. But he's, uh, Pegleg, he's a man. He, uh, when you watch him lead workouts and whatnot, he's a guy that I just, I look up to. Um, so I'm excited for whatever he's going to bring this next, this next year. And be, be on the lookout for, you know, the next guy to show up, you know, I don't know if it's, Unibrow or Unicamel or you, you know, you know, I don't know, you know something. <laughs> I love that. That's, That's funny that you didn't. That uh, it had nothing to do with why you picked him. You know, it was cool at the shovel flag pass too, because I think you, you and him both really emphasized bring it home. You know, yeah. this this is about you know we get here together, we do do difficult things, and and then we we take that home, right? You take yeah. that energy to to your family and your community and your job. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. What, um, you know, one of the the things that we've been really trying to just ask guys, because I think it's a good question, is it was really from wait time and tater at a, one of the workouts during the five-year week. But um, this idea of like, what's something that you thought was important before you started F3? And then what's something that you realize is more important now after you've been in the group for a while? Yeah, I, I think I touched on that already, but I'll just reiterate. I think what I thought it was about the first F fitness, pure and simple. Um, and I don't consider myself an athlete. Actually, I've never been involved in athletics. Um, I actually, I take that back. When I was in uh, eighth and ninth grade, I played basketball, but then I got, I got fired when I was a sophomore. I was too tall, too skinny. And then I think I wrote myself off. I thought, you know, that's just not my thing. So I, I dove into music never really picked up the physical, physical stuff till I got to college. Um, I did intramural sports. Um, but even then it wasn't a thing that I was a normal part of my life. Um, my wife and I actually met in a gym on campus, but promptly after I married her, I stopped. <laughs> I'm like, I'm done. I got my MRS degree, so there's no need to do more physical stuff. So honestly, I've always looked at myself as like, um, unable to achieve. I'm not an athlete, yada, yada. My body type is I'm a skinny beanpole. Um, I've always had this negative, I'd say, um, look at myself. And so when I got to F3, I thought it was about the physical part. Like we're going to get out here and kick each other's butt. And we do, but it's more than that. It isn't about the physical stuff. It's about the second and third F. If you don't have fellowship and faith, then really F3 is just another, another workout organization. Like all the others, but it's just, this is way different, way different. And I feel there's so much support and contrary to popular belief, I was the six shout out FDIC. 
we were at Paradise Island and we were going up that first hill. Um, and, and actually Miyagi, we live pretty close together and um, he, he was talking about going to these different sites. And so I told him, we got to go to this uh, Paradise Island. He's like, man, that's a running AO. I'm like, we run at all the different sites. What difference does it make? I don't understand. But we show up there and uh, we got done. I'm like, oh, that's a running AO. <laughs> So FDIC is at the bottom of this hill. I'm just like, we're going to go up this hill. What? He's like, you got this, man. Come on. But anyway, long story short, I think that I thought it was about the physicality, the physical part, the first F fitness, but it's really about fellowship and faith. All three have to go together. Well, I, I love what you said about you've got to have a second and a third F because then it's yeah. just another workout group. Then, yeah. I mean, then you're just in isolation again, right? Sure, you're surrounded by guys, but it's not – the isolation isn't you're among other people, right? And doing hard things. It's you're getting vulnerable. You're getting connected. That's how you get out of that, that sense of isolation. So I love what you said there. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, any words of advice or anything for new side cues, maybe some new guys in the group, I guess, what's your takeaway here? What, what would you kind of impart on the guys? Yeah, I just say step in whatever level that is, whether it be it's a VQ that you got to do or whether it's your hundredth time leading a workout, step in. Um, and from a leadership perspective, um, you know, we do, we do rotate. And so everyone has a chance to lead, but I'd say from a leadership standpoint, be the, be the first one to just be vulnerable and step in that way. So that could be, that could be talking about difficulty and maybe, addiction related stuff or you want to go to the next level in your career. There's all kinds of ways to step in and just become vulnerable. So I'd say that'd be the thing, step in and become vulnerable in whatever level that looks like for any individual. When I've done that, when I've stepped in, I'm met with amazing support. Guys like Griswold, Hard Hat, um, you know, plague the conversations that we've had I felt like anytime I step I step out and I say something or I'm you know I, I bring up a topic speed square same thing Miyagi I'm always met with this layer of support that's just like no other and I just I really appreciate that so that's the invitation to anybody you know who's a part of F3 just to step in whatever that looks like maybe send somebody a text phone call if you're feeling like you're you know not hitting on all cylinders reach out to somebody and see what happens Man, that's phenomenal advice too. We've had a few guys come on and, and talk about, you know, asking better questions, right. That kind of help encourage a guy to, to open up. But I, I love this angle of like, take, take accountability, right. For whatever you're struggling with, be courageous and, and share it, you know, and just, you know, and, and just receive the the love and support. I think, I honestly think sometimes, um, we hype up this idea that like nobody will accept me. Nobody will support me. Nobody will love me if I share. And then we just, it just compounds, you know? And so just the sooner you come to grips with it, the sooner you get it out, the sooner um, that weight is lifted and you, you get some true freedom. So I love that advice, man. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's the condition of man. That's what we do. We, we tend to just pull away from the very beginning, the very first act that the the first dude, Adam did is he pulled away, but he's met with, he's met with something completely different. Yep. I love that. And we, you know, you're, I think you're, you're on the list of guys we probably need to have back for a, a second uh, interview. Oh, just, you know, I think I passed. so much wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do something that's really important to us is just that we um, give you a chance to say where you need support or prayers or encouragement in your life today for, for guys that are listening or when we see out there in the gloom, what, what do you need encouragement? Mm. Yeah, love the question. I I lost my grandmother, and she's a she's a matriarch for our family um, back in May, and so for me it's like stepping into this new arena of having a lot. Losing my grandmother was a big deal for us. I didn't even realize that, but I just I think you know, I don't know. Just like thinking about it, just uh, losing her was difficult, and so I tend to be one to just dive into whatever you know to not think about hard stuff, but I'd say being vulnerable about that's been difficult. Um, but it's just been, if every time I've talked about it, guys are like checking in, how am I doing? So that, that means a lot when people ask, 
about about uh, experiencing grief and loss and working through it. And then many of the many of the packs have, in so many levels, I've learned more stories about other people that way. So that that's what comes to mind. Well, we we certainly appreciate you opening up and, and being vulnerable here today, and certainly uh, keep you in our prayers and our thoughts, and Thanks. give you a couple fist bumps when we see you out there. Yeah, Hope you're sure. doing well. Um, kind of the last question here. Um, Plague has been giving our interviewees the opportunity to name their own episode. Oh. So what do you got? You got one in the chamber ready for us? Oh, I'm the worst at that kind of stuff. Um, that's on y'all. Yeah, I'm sure you're, you guys are. You, come, we'll come up with something. Uh, no, it's good, man. And this is, this has been great. You know, like I said, um, your story is, is uh, it just really brings home why, why this group is so important and why each of us needs to uh, take accountability, be vulnerable um, so we can get better. So I, I love you for Thanks. sharing that. And just, um, yeah, we just, we just ask uh, guys that are listening, you know, take advantage of a guy like Unicycle, who's literally saying, here's what I've been through. If you're going through it, reach out, connect with me, you know, let me help. Uh, so I, I would just pray that guys would be, willing to take that step if, if they need it. So uh, let's do a little namorama. Sound good? All right, I'll start us off. Brandon Plehardy, 37, The Plague. The Plague. <laughs> John Whitworth, 31, Pony Express. Pony Express. <laughs> Love it. Walt Green, 44, Unicycle. 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 <laughs> and, and it's the motion and a little bit of a, a tone. But is there a call sign? Does it, Do we say anything? No, just the motion. Okay. I've yeah. actually stopped, try to stop doing the motion and people actually text me and like, they bother me. Like, what are you doing, man? Are you okay? You're not doing the unicycle motion. Tater tot is catch up. These guys are like reached out to me. Like what's going on, man. Funny. Yeah. That's, that's, awesome. that's how we know, right? When you're feeling isolated is when you stop doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, thanks for your time today. This was, this was fantastic. So yeah. Chat, thanks guys. for sharing, man. Really yep. appreciate it. Yep. See you fellas. Have a good, good one. Good luck tomorrow. Man. Later. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye.